Okay, you stressed out yet? <laughs> oh my. Uh, we, I, how many of you remember that from last year? Do you remember that from last year? Yeah. I thought it was too good to only use it once. Uh, do you know that there's just 11 shopping days left until Christmas? And if you shop on the weekends, there's 13, or on Sundays, there's 13 shopping days left. Uh, you know, uh, so often we talk about Christmas, you, you talk about Christmas decorating and Christmas parties and Christmas pageants and uh, Christmas grocery shopping and Christmas lists and Christmas planning and uh, uh, this goes on and on and uh, throw in there a few Christmas services and we just feel overwhelmed by the season and uh, we, we, we face this every year, it's nothing new, it's something that we talk about and we, we try, to, try to help each other out during this time of the year. But I think it's ironic, isn't it, that, um, that the, the one we're celebrating at Christmas time so often gets forgotten. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? Uh, Louis Palau, the great evangelist from South America, was talking about some friends of his that were um, going to have their baby uh, dedicated. And with that baby dedication, they're going to have a great big party and invite all their friends and, and relatives. And because these, these people were, uh, were dignitaries, they were, other dignitaries were invited. And uh, when it came time to do the baby dedication, everybody said, well, where's the baby? And uh, the baby got lost <laughs> amidst all the, all the company and all the people coming to visit. And uh, again, he, he points out the, the irony that all these people have come to celebrate this baby's life, and yet the baby was found on a bed with clothes on top of it, sound asleep, <laughs> and nearly suffocated to death. Uh, I thought, man, isn't that just exactly the way it is so often with us in our celebration at Christmas time? We forget about Jesus. We forget that Jesus is, in fact, the reason for the season. So my job as your pastor is to remind you of what Christmas is really all about. It's to help you stay grounded, help you stay focused. It's to remind you uh, to keep your eyes on Jesus, especially during this season. Now I've titled, entitled my message uh, this morning, Christmas Presence, and I hope everybody understands the difference between this presence and presence with an ENTS on the end. Everybody understands that? Christmas presents go under the tree. Christmas Presence is, a, is a, a sense of someone near, a feeling. And, and that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the, the nearness of Jesus Christ at this time of the year. And, uh, you know, again, the irony. You know, we celebrate Jesus' birth, and yet maybe at this time of the year more than at any other time of the year, we, we, we lose the sense of the presence of God. We, we lose that sense of, of Jesus being there and helping us. Now, this, uh, this, this Christmas presence that we're talking about, this that was initiated by God, God wanted you to know his presence. God wanted you to know him. God wanted you to experience him in your life. God didn't want you to go through this life alone. God didn't want you to experience the, the pain and the darkness and the struggles that this life has for absolutely every one of us. There's nobody here that's exempt from that. And God knows that. And, and, and his great love for us at this Christmas season and through the course of the year uh, is, is really what Jesus' birth is all about. It's what Christmas is all about. And so my prayer is that during this season, and particularly, particularly after this service today, 
My prayer is that you, if you have not been feeling the presence of Christ, if maybe it feels as though God is not near, that today you'll feel his presence once again. That when you walk through these doors today, you'll feel that, ah, I'm not alone. God is near. God is with me. God loves me. How many know that feeling? And how many want that feeling today? You, you know what I'm talking about. Jesus uh, was sent to this earth by his Father to save us and to help us. And uh, look at this first uh, slide. And uh, can, you, can you all see that? Maybe you could read it along with me. Uh, let's read it together. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, I want to talk to you this morning about how to have your absolute best Christmas ever. And in order for you to experience the best Christmas ever, what you need to understand is that Jesus has got to be at the center of it all. Uh, I want you to, to, to celebrate and enjoy the presence of God. And the way that that's, that's done, the way that you experience the presence of God is, is very simple. And so here's, here's what you need to do. You need to do actually two things. You need to embrace Christ. You've got to embrace the Christ child. You've got to embrace Jesus. And then secondly, never let him go. That's it in a nutshell. So let's talk about that. What does it mean to embrace Jesus? What does it mean to, to hang on to him and to, to never let him go? Um, look at that verse 21. And, and it says there that uh, Mary will give birth to a son and, uh, and, and together Mary and Joseph were to give that little baby the name Jesus because Jesus would save the people from their sins. Now, Jesus came to this earth not just to be a great teacher. He came to this earth not just to further a religion. He came to this earth to reestablish a relationship between us and his Father in heaven. Do you understand that? That's why Jesus came. It's for, for no other reason but for us to be reconciled to God. And that's why we, in our Christmas carols we sing, uh, God and sinner reconciled. Once again, that relationship that Adam and Eve had in the garden where they freely walked with God and talked with him on a daily basis, that is being, that is being restored. And Jesus is the one that makes that possible. So let me ask you a question this morning. Would you say that you have that kind of a, of a relationship with Jesus right now? Would you say that you are enjoying communion and fellowship with, with God? That you are walking with him and talking with him and he's talking with you? Because that is really what the Christian life is supposed to be about. That is what you and I are supposed to be experiencing as Christians. And there's a lot of people out there who would say, yeah, I'm a Christian, or I'm from a Christian background, or you know, if we asked, you know, write down on, on, on the form, what is your religion? They'd say, well, I'm, I guess, Christian. But here's the thing. True Christianity is more than just a religion, or more than just a designated title, or more than just sort of uh, something that you inherit from your parents or your grandparents. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. And 
God wants you and me to experience that relationship, uh, not just on Sundays or at Christmas time or at Easter time. He wants us to experience that on a regular basis, on a, on a daily basis. Now, now notice that, that Jesus, when he's sent to this earth, he's given the name Jesus. And a lot of people maybe don't know what that means. Well, Jesus is the anglicized uh, name Yeshua. Yeshua is, uh, uh, is uh, we, we also uh, render that Joshua. And it means simply Savior. That's who Jesus is. So here's the thing. God sends his son Jesus to this earth to have a relationship with us. Now, he, he's not just, just coming to be our buddy or our pal, but he's come to be our Savior. Do you, you see that? Really important to understand this relationship that we have with God. Because here's the thing. Every one of us here today is, is either experiencing problems or difficulties or struggles right now. Maybe uh, is struggling with temptations. I don't know. Maybe you've gone through a dark period spiritually in your life. Uh, maybe, you're, maybe, uh, maybe you've never yet embraced Jesus Christ. But I can tell you this. Jesus came for one reason, and that is to, to save you, to set you free to deliver you, to help you, to, to rescue you from your darkness, from your dark place. He's come to help you through the struggles that you've been going through. And I can tell you this, that Jesus did not come as a judge, because it says here that Jesus came as a Savior. He didn't come as a judge to condemn you or to bash you around or to teach you a lesson. That's not how Jesus came. He came as a savior. He came as one who understands you and understands your heart and understands the struggles in your life. Now, this is, it's a little bit abstract because, you know what, life, life is actually pretty good here in North America. Wouldn't you agree with that? It's, it's, it's generally, it's not, not that bad, not that bad as it is in maybe other places. And so we have a way of, of sort of, covering up the darkness in our lives. We, we, when we feel down, we feel depressed, we, we sort of medicate ourselves, don't we? Either, either with substances or with entertainment or whatever. But we do something sort of to, to help us forget about our pain and our difficulty. I wonder how bad does it have to get before you finally say, okay, you know what, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't, I can't function anymore. God, I need your help. Now, my grandmother used to say, uh, and she didn't, give her, she didn't become a Christian, I didn't give her life to Christ until she was on her deathbed, and thank God she made that step. But she used to say, uh, while she was in good health, and she was a pretty amazing woman, because I mean, she was in good health uh, right up, uh, almost right up to the time that she died in her late 80s. But when she was so healthy, she could, at, at 85, she could easily walk uh, 10 miles, no problem, there and back, and she'd come back, and this would be in the middle of the coldest part of winters with a big jacket on, big boots, and she'd come back and I could easily do 10 miles. How about you, Alan? Can you do 10 miles? I bet you can't do 10 miles. This is my grandmother. And uh, very robust. And then she would talk about how, how religion is just a crutch. Now, you, know, you might be tempted to, to say that or to think that, but you know what? You're just fooling yourself. Because the fact of the matter is that the very deepest part of your life you know that you can't keep it all together. You know that. You know that you need Jesus. You know that you need this Savior that God sent to this earth. This idea of needing saving. 
I think if we were maybe living in a, in a, in a more harsher country, maybe we'd understand this better. We go back to Mary and Joseph's time, and there were either very rich people or very poor people. There's nobody in between. Essentially, it'd be like uh, all, of, all of the middle class of North America wiped out. And just, that's, that's, what, that's what it was like for Joseph and Mary in their days. And now here's the thing. They have, they have almost nothing, and yet they've got a tax rate that is like 50% of, of what they have. And so the thing that was happening over and over and over again was that people were losing their home and losing, losing their farm, their land. They were losing everything. They were in terrible shape. They were being, they were being cruelly oppressed by Rome. Uh, it was terrible times. And if ever the people needed to hear a message of salvation, it was, it was the people during the time of Mary and Joseph. It was a very difficult time, a very, very stressful and dark time. And people wondered, you know, has God, God forsaken us? Has God left us? Does God not love us? Does God not care? Maybe you thought that. But I want you to know some today, that even in the darkest hour, God is there and he loves you. And he's just waiting for you to reach out and embrace him and embrace the help and the strength and the love that he has for you. Have you done that? Or have you done that lately? Because here's the thing. If you're going to follow Christ or if you're going to be a Christian, then you need to understand that you need to embrace Christ with all your heart, with all your mind. You've heard this. With all your strength. You have to embrace him with all that you are. You can't, you can't just sort of dabble in Christianity. It's got to become a lifestyle where you finally say, God, you know, I, I've come to the conclusion, God, I can't handle this life on my own. I need your help. And that's, my friend, when God moves in and starts doing miraculous things in your life. When you start feeling relief from the agonies and the pain of this life. When you say, God, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you full control. In Romans chapter 10, verse 13, it says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. In fact, you know what? If you go through your Bible from Genesis right to Revelation, you would be surprised how many times it says this. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I don't care what your background, I don't care what your, what, what your sin, what your difficulty, what your problem, God is calling you to call on him. I kind of remind you that God has not moved. God's in the same place. It's we who have moved. It's we who have moved away from God. And God's calling us back. And he's saying, come back to me, my child. Come back to me, I love you. Yeah, he says, child. Because he sees himself as your father. He sees yourself, himself as, as our father who loves us. And he's calling you to, to come back to him. Now, at the uh, end of the service, what I'd like to do is I'd like to invite all of you to come and just stand with me here, and I'd like to pray for you. I'd like to pray that, that you get back on track. And, um, I mean, if you don't feel comfortable doing that, that's fine. You can stay in your seat. But I want to just tell you now what's coming in just a few moments. I'm going to invite you to come forward here to, so I can pray with you and pray for you so that you can find light and find hope at this difficult time of the year. And, you know, I don't care how, how 
young a Christian you are, how old a Christian you are, the fact of the matter is, is that every one of us needs to be embracing Jesus. Would you agree with that this morning? We need to embrace him. And if we're not where we need to be, we need to get back on track again. So here's the thing. We need to embrace Jesus, and then once we've got a hold of him, we're not supposed to let him go. One of the earliest lessons of my childhood was don't let go. You know what I'm talking about? Going, going for a, a walk in the mall with mom and dad as a child, and, and, and dad says, hold on to my finger, and his huge hand, and my tiny little hand, all I could hold on to now was, was his one finger, and he says, don't let go. And if you don't let go, everything's going to be fine. Now, I don't know if, if you remember that time in your life when you let go because something else caught your eye, some shiny little thing or some interesting little thing over there, and, and suddenly you let go, and you went over to see what it was, and suddenly you forgot how much you needed your parents. Suddenly you forgot that hanging on was the most important thing that you can do. I can still remember very vividly the first time I got lost in a, in a, in a, in a store. It was the Zellers. And I'd let, I'd let go. I let go of my dad's hand. And I, I, can, I can still vividly remember it, because I, I know every one of us can relate to this in some way. You, you remember vividly that, that moment as a child when you lost your mom or you lost your dad. And my heart is racing. I immediately, uh, tears are starting to come to my eyes. I'm afraid. I think I'm never going to see my mom and dad again. Uh, and those were the days when, when nobody was being kidnapped. It was, it was still relatively safe. But I remember that feeling of losing my, losing my parents. I didn't know where they were. And I'm, I'm, now I'm racing down the aisles, back and forth, and I'm screaming. I mean, you get in the picture, Mom, Dad, where are you? And, and uh, I, I can't hear them, and I, I'm yelling so loud I can't hear them calling my name. But I'm screaming, and I'm running, and I'm looking. And finally, finally, I hear my name over the loudspeaker. But Alan Duncalf, please come to the information desk. Where's the information desk? Ah! And I'm screaming and crying. Where's that information desk? What's, what is an information desk? The child, you don't know what an information desk is. And I'm screaming and I'm crying. And finally, some dear uh, old lady uh, swooped me up in her arms and she wants to rescue me, and I'm crying now because who's a stranger holding me tight like this? Put me down, put me down. I need my mom. And finally, I, I find my mom and dad. Well, guess what? Guess what I learned? I learned never to let go. Never let go. And here's the thing. God is saying this to you and to, and to me this morning. Don't let go. Once you've found God, don't let go of him. Because I'm telling you, the, the grief, the sorrow, the, the struggle, the pain is no different than what I experienced as a child when I lost my mom, when I lost my dad at Zeller's. Let the Spirit of God speak to your heart this morning. Because when you, when you let go, when you, when you don't hold on, that's, my friends, when, when the pain begins again. That's when the struggle begins again. That's when the hurt begins. That's when the confusion begins. That's when the panic arises. That's when the fear begins to rise in your heart. That's when you begin to worry. That's when you begin to struggle. Why? Because you're trying to do it alone. 
Now, God never intended for you to be alone. And that's why we read in this next passage, look at it, look what it says here. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Let's read it together. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, can I just remind you something this morning? God has promised in his word to never leave us nor forsake us. That's what it says in, in, um, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4 to 6. I love this. It says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have, because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. That's a verse I hang on to. That's a promise I hang on to all the time. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Now, here's the thing this morning. If you're struggling, if you're fearful, and you're worried about, about finances, and you're worried about your kids, and you're worried about these things, what you need to do, the very first thing that you need to do is you need to run back to Jesus and get a hold of him. The one who said, I will never leave you or forsake you. That's what you need to do. Run back to God and find the help that he wants to give you. Because whatever, whatever struggle, whatever prayer request, whatever need you have in your life right now, you need God's help through that because you can't do it alone. And God's calling you back to him, calling you back to Emmanuel, God with us. And it's God's intention to be with you and to walk with you at all times. It's never God's intention that you face this hard life alone. It's always been his intention to, to help you through it. Have you uh, maybe let go of God's hand and you've been sort of just struggling? Well, he's calling you back again. He's calling you back to get reconnected. You know, I, uh, I think to myself, so many, so many of the, the, the difficulties and the struggles that I've had in life have, have always come when I've let go, when I stopped hanging on. And, and, and in my childhood, uh, I remember getting my first kite. Anybody had a kite, flown a kite? What's, what's the rule with, with kite flying? Once you get up in the air, don't let go. Right? Isn't that right? Uh, anybody gone water skiing? Once you get up out of the water, what should you do? <laughs> don't let go. Unless you fall, <laughs> then you've got to let go. Uh, anybody drive a car? Once you get your hands on that wheel, what, what must you do? Don't let go. Now here's the thing. The same thing goes with your relationship with God. Once, once you get a hold of him and he gets a hold of you, don't let go. Enjoy his love. Enjoy his presence. Let him help you in your relationships. Let him help you with with your job. Let him help you with your marriage. Let him help you with your family. He wants to be there, and he wants to be a part of that. He wants to help you through it. But you've got to hang on to him, and you have to not let go. I want to show you a quick video clip. And, um, and about midway through the video clip, I'm going to invite you just to come and join me. Everybody, just come and join me at the altar here so I can pray with you and uh, lead you back to that place where you're hanging on to Jesus. Let's see that video.